cool. I Pat, guess gonna start asking Sean, questions. thanks for coming on. Cheers. Cheers. I'm doing 75 hard. I'm pissed. I can't have a cocktail with you two. But, Nobody uh, needs to know that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm mad about it because I <laughs> look at you guys with your drinks over there and I get a little jealous. <laughs> I appreciate you guys coming on. I know you guys are both very busy between the uh, three restaurants and kids, wifeys, girlfriends. It's a busy, busy life. When did you guys first open Finn's? 2003. 2003. Valentine's Day. And Bradley was your first store, right? Yep. So what were you guys doing prior to Finn's? Before we get too deep into Finn's. We were doing full-time sales. And food service sales. What was the company that you guys were with at the time? U.S. Foods. U.S. Foods. And you had had a bar, too, prior. But you had Neptune, correct? Neptune yep. City. Yep. Fudd's Pub. We'll place Fudd's Pub. So... You guys are in the food service business. You're going in and you're creating ideas on probably pricing, cash flow. Pat, I'm sure you were giving them creative ideas on their menu. What made you guys finally say, fuck the rat race. I'm going to go open up our own store, our own restaurant. Well, we, uh, we still did sales while we opened the restaurants. We had three restaurants open while we still did full-time sales. And that was what Bradley... Then Bricktown, which is now Point, and uh, Seagirt. Yeah. So you were doing a full-time job and trying to operate three different restaurants. Yeah. How did you do that? I just did it. You know, we've been fortunate, which you know, because we've been together since we're 15 and actually you're 15, Six, 16, 16 17. 17. And, you know, since that time, which is now going on almost 40 years, even through college and other workspaces, I don't think there was ever more than six months that we never worked in the same place together. True. So <clears throat> through that fortunate experience and after FUDs, when we opened FUDs, which was, you know, uh, back in the late 80s, pretty innovative for the time because you had pretty much five guys out at culinary school running a tiny tavern and doing whatever we wanted to do. Pat and I, both Pat left and went became the executive chef at a company at the time called Redheads. They were expanding huge. I must have been Yoko. Yeah. <laughs> I broke up the band. <laughs> <laughs> broke it up. And then he brought me along, you know, he had talked to the owner. Hindsight, it was a good thing for everybody. Yeah. At that time, they were just blowing up that particular space in the restaurant industry in our areas. They were the first restaurant down here that had integrated sushi bars into like a bistro type atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Plus the bars that were inside that were just busy, 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 busy places, you know? Yeah. Did that lot, teach you a lot of, about like, you know, more so with the back end speed volume? Yeah. You know, it's funny you touch on speed because both of us are culinary grads. And the one thing I always tell people that want to go to culinary school or, or want to come do an externship with us is that you can learn all you want to learn about food in school, but there's one thing that can never teach you in that speed. Like I, purposely forced myself to go down to Florida. He went to Florida too, to work at a high volume restaurant. So we were doing 2000 meals a day and it was, it was on, you know? So you could sit there and take your tongs and put little garnishes on all the food. But if you had to get out 2000 meals in a day, you got to move. So that's, that's an invaluable lesson that a lot of people, you know, you either learn or you don't learn it. Now you talk about like an internship yeah. Know, someone coming in to Finns. Are you guys open to that? You know, we have local vocationary school, local yep. culinary schools. We've had a few. Yeah. 
Yeah. We and would probably love to have a few more. It's just, you know, it's tough right now. Yeah, everybody's looking for help in the restaurant industry, which we'll get to. Well, yeah, part of that, though, with the internships is it's funny. People in today's culinary world, they're all clued into the TV and think that that's what it is, being a celebrity chef. And they don't realize that you're not feeding, like Pat said, you know, in our case, a few hundred to a thousand people a day. Mm-hmm. And they think they're feeding 15. Yeah. So. Well, that's the way the culinary school is set up. You know, you got 18 people in the kitchen and 12 in the dining room. And you're learning. And you need to do it that way. But when you get out there, you know. Yeah, you want to like make money. You only sell 15 dinners. You're going broke quick. When we were redheads, we used to say it's like being chased by an alligator every night. The alligator's going to win, but... How long can you keep from getting swallowed? Yeah. You know, so it's... it's. And Redheads was unique, too, all around. You know, at the time I was there, the general manager, and it was unique because the owner's concept was, it was an upscale bistro. Like, his kitchen talent at that time, he had multiple culinary graduates throughout the stores. So it was it was pretty unique, you know. We, I, you know really was. There was a it, lot of talent. There's a lot of things that we could say bad, but we can only, the best things we did, we took... This, we took the volume experience, you know, blending a concept like that. You know, we were fortunate enough to be able to take that. We were opening uh, other locations outside the state. So that that brought us into our sales careers. And then with those experiences, what we did today. What did the sales career teach you the most? And I want you both to answer that. You can go first. You know, we, we were very fortunate when we opened FUDS. We had a... Uh, a salesman that's still to this day a good friend of ours he's an older guy and you know he always treated he never came in just to sell us product you know he actually wanted to learn from us and he taught us as much as we probably taught him and when I got into the sales first and Pat came right behind that but we had this sales had that stigma right you know snake oil yeah Yeah. you're just looking to sell something yeah. yeah So we both had the same mindset that we were gonna, if we were gonna do this, first of all, we had another good friend that was very successful in sales that used to be Pat Salesman for Redheads. And he, that's where the snake oil comes from. And you know, I used to look at him and go, if he could do that, I could do that. Not mm-hmm. realizing how hard he actually worked. You know, that job is so much harder than what we do today. It, it, it's really hard to put that in words. Because you're out there, you're, you're, if you're successful, you're your customer's consultant. You know, you're there. You're an make, educator. That's yeah. what people don't realize in sales. If you're really, really good at sales across all industries, you're very good at what you do. You're a specialist and you're a great, you know, manager. You're pulling in your different resources and you're helping out your buyer or your customer get accomplished what they need to accomplish. And that part of what sales taught us, I think, because we, we developed relationships with the manufacturers and brokers. Plus, we treated customers the way we want to be treated. We didn't think of them as our customers. We felt that we were working for them. You know, if they were, they did well, we did well. Mm-hmm. Especially because at that time in our sales careers, we were 100% commission. So, you know, you got to go out and earn your living every day. Yep. Yeah, so, those experiences between the, you know, being fortunate enough to be directly coming out of school and college and opening a place from scratch to moving on to the bigger place like Redheads and then taking in that sales career and both of us were very very successful at it you know and at that period of time you know we're constantly in the top 10 were you married yet with kids with sales yeah got married while we were well he was already married i got married while in my Mm -hmm. sales career yeah that's also my my son was i got divorced in my sales career 
Well, as I'm saying, you know, you're, you're running around like a it's, chicken with yeah, your head cut it, off. And it, it never stops. I mean, it's like Sean said that it's it, it, what we do now is easier than sales because every day somebody's calling you for something. Yep. It doesn't matter what day it is. All hours every day. of the day. It's similar to the restaurant business, but, you know, it, it's you got to go find product. You know, when you, you want to have that business, something happens and it's your fault or your company's fault. Stop, drop and roll. You got to go. Yeah. You know, for me, with working for U.S. Food Service after being a culinary grad, you know, you, you think you know a lot about product because they teach you a lot about product. But when you get to a place like U.S. Foods and you get to meet the brokers and the manufacturers, like he mentioned, you really know what goes in to the food, the ups and downs, you know, the little things that, well, that company's cheaper than me on this product. Well, let's why? Why would Let's they be? find out why, right? And then you find out why. And it's... Give it's, me a good example. It, it's an eye-opener. Quick example. Throat meat. That sounds disgusting. It sure does. So <laughs> on shrimp, when they take the head off the shrimp, there's some meat that sticks out of the tail that goes into the throat. Now, if you leave that on, just like a little piece of fat on a filet mignon, everything's done by weight, right? So your five pounds of shrimp or your 10 pounds of shrimp, that's probably 16 ounces of throat meat on it. That might be an exaggeration. Yeah, and then, and then you're Six compounding ounces. that over. Right, so you, you know, you're know you 20 cents a pound cheaper, but you've got this little tough piece of throat meat. Yeah. So, so you guys really were able to learn yeah, the quality of, of food. A lot of stuff. I mean, you know, canned tomatoes. You know, Is the can lined or is it just tin? Does the tomatoes taste like tin or is there, is there a lining inside? You know, um, calcium chloride in the cans. Why? You know, because, well, if the tomatoes are coming from Italy, they're going to shake up on a boat the whole way, and they're going to be whole peeled plump tomatoes are going to turn into puree by the time they get there, so they need to put it in there. Mm -hmm. So do you want to get tomatoes from Italy and, and deal with the calcium chloride, or do you want to get them from California and only have the natural occurring calcium? There's a lot. You know, there's a lot. Yeah. And it's like, you know, U.S. food service for me, because I'm an ingredient person, put that under a microscope. And that gave me the education that when my customer said I need a... I need a case of diced tomatoes would maybe force me to ask the question, what do you use them for? Mm -hmm. Well, if you're using them for chili, then you need something inexpensive. But if you're using them for, you know, one of your signature dishes, then let's get you something that's nice. Yeah, that's, so it. That's, it, that's invaluable, like you said. And I think that's where we kind of built our menu around these type of products that were of a higher caliber because we knew the difference. What were some of the known name restaurants around here that you guys helped for many years. Some may still be open, some may have shut down. Gosh, there's, there's so many. Yeah, for, for you know, now yeah, there's Charlie's Ocean time, Grill, yeah. the Boathouse, there's, you know, there's Sandbar, a lot. Sandbar, right? right? At one time, the Ark, uh, multiple hotels. and Sandbar when Chris was the yeah. owner? All of all Maryland's, yeah. all of Maryland's restaurants, Langosta, you know, Pop's Garage. And what did you take from each one of those business owners that you develop such a great relationship with and I want to know it from your end and then you know from your end because we'll get into that you guys both kind of do separate tasks within Finns is which is why I personally believe your partnership have lasted this long well with me it was I just just saw like the tenacity of these owners that are just hands-on you know and there's restaurants you deal with that you don't even know the owner right mm -hmm. That's fine, and they uh, they were making money and, and paying the bills, so that's great. They're, you know, good customers too. But when you saw the owners work like as hard as they did, and, and just overcome some of the things that get thrown at you every day, you just 
you respect it. Yeah. You know? And you learn a lot. What about you on your end? So I was very fortunate. I think Pat was too, but I had a couple customers, older customers that were like restaurant legends. And maybe because of the knowledge that I was bringing or they saw my work ethic, I developed great relationships with them. And I was able to learn, you know, a lot more about their operations and how I could bring that to maybe some other customers. You know, there's places like uh, Murphy's. Murphy's, Murphy's. I knew it. it. Or Basil Plasteris, yeah. who used to have the um, well, Squires Pub. Yep. What yeah. about the um, the German restaurant in Bradley Beach, right? Yeah. Schneider's. Mr. Mr. Schneider. It was I mean, awesome, dude. And I, and you know, like you know, in your your side of the business, you develop these relationships, and that's probably what I miss most about not. And I think we probably held both held on to our sales careers a little bit longer than we should have, while we had the restaurants operating, because we had these relationships with, with these people. They weren't our customers. They were our friends and extended family members, you know? But that's that, a testament to yeah. who you guys both are. And you just want to see them succeed, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you're in a and partnership you together. It. You really feel good about it when you see your customers that maybe were struggling and you help them change some stuff that put them in a better position and, and made them separate themselves from their competition a little bit. You know, yeah. So, that, so who was your biggest pain in the ass customer? Here we go. <laughs> not putting that on live so, today. Let's just say the ones that didn't pay the bills and made it hard for us. Yeah. But you loved them anyway yeah. because, yeah. you know, it's part of, of what you get. Yeah. You, you got to figure it out. So yeah, that's part of the life. How long did you guys do that? 15 years. 15 years. Yeah. So it was 2003. What made... It was before 2003, right? Well, we opened like Finn's 2003. Yeah. 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 What made you think about this concept of Finns and tell us a little bit about the concepts for the people that don't know Finns. So what's kind of funny is that the food that we do at Finns today, we were doing back at FUDS in the late 80s and early 90s. And you know, it's a lot of, you know, it's uh, we call it tropical cuisine. You know, it's a blend of Southern California, Caribbean, Pacific Rim, tropical island type flavors. And we were doing a lot basic fish tacos back in the 80s and 90s. And we, here at the Jersey Shore, people couldn't even understand what a fish taco was, mm-hmm. which is kind of, you know, with the seafood. We have such a great access to great seafood, but it was just more, everything was, you know, what's, what can I fry? Can I fry shrimp? Can I fry, fry flounder? Yeah. Or Italian. <laughs> yeah. You know, Finn's original menu was pretty much Sean and Pat's greatest hits back in the 90s, mm-hmm. you know? So it was stuff that we were doing and people would say, well, you copied us and this and that. And it's like, we're doing this probably before you were freaking out of diapers, bro. Yeah. You know, this is what we did. This was our life. Yeah, you were. We, we grew up in it. You were doing it for a right. long time. You were making yourself food. You were working at the bar, spinning off these little specialties. I'm sure you were trying all the time. And traveling and learning new things. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest things for me is is um, you're a big traveler, right? We both are. Were um, one of the biggest things for me is go back in the Fuds Pub days was to go find ingredients that I couldn't even read the label because it wasn't even in English. I'm like, what is this? There used to be East West. Deli? Yeah. Uh, what was that? Uh, Steiner Steiner and, yeah. and Fifth? Yeah. In Neptune, Neptune City? Yeah. You'd go there all the time. It was this little deli that was uh, mostly Asian, and they'd have all kinds of this crazy ingredients in jars or pastas. Or, and you I'd were just there. trying it. You were just trying it. I would go there on a Thursday and create my specials for the weekend for FUDs. And I didn't know what any of that stuff was. I'd open up a jar and take, oh, what am I going to do with this? This tastes good. I'll mix a little this, a little that. And, and there you go. And, and people will be like, huh. And you're still very, you know, I've, I've talked to you a little bit about this, but Sean and I have talked about it with you. 
you really try a lot of different things at home too all the time. You're still very creative and, and trying different things all the time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, you know, sure. you know, Pat's very passionate about food. It's, it, that's, it's, He's yeah. got a delicious pork leg and cheese. Most people yeah. wouldn't know that because they don't come up to the surf event yeah. in Belmar, but your pork leg and cheese, I'll put it up there, one of the top three that I've had. So Three, huh? The top three. Yeah. One, two, three. Where, where's that? Yeah. Tell me tell me one and two or three and four. You're, you're pressuring me now. Right now, DV Tree has got a delicious pork leg and cheese. Try. Really? Yeah, he's got a great little sweet roll. I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah, it's the one he stole from us, and he's using it over there. Ah, uh, stop it. <laughs> Joe's great, dude. He's a hustler, that kid. And um, um, I used to love this small little deli. I went to an alternative program back when I was in high school. They gave me the boot, and it was right down the road, right on the uh, circle on 70 there, across from the old windmill. It was a small deli, oh, yeah, well, older yeah. Italian guy. He used to make these pork leg and cheeses like this. I'd leave class yeah. and go get a pork leg and cheese and a Gatorade or a Snapple. It was delicious, delicious. But you're, you're top three. I'd All say right. probably maybe three. All right. Oh, three. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I should have started drinking your good bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> so let's fast forward a little bit. You guys decided to jump into Finn's. Now, was all three restaurants launched at once or it was one at a time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did three at once. Because yeah. <laughs> I, like, yeah. I got no hair. <laughs> you started with Bradley. Yeah, it's pretty quick. I mean, Bradley was 2003. Brick Point was 2005. and Two years later, and right. And then uh, Seeger was 2012. Now, when you guys were leaving corporate America, where you guys had pretty good paying jobs, you were taking care of your families, you were, you were living good. Yeah. What was your expectation of the restaurant? Did you think about having three different places? Did you think about just succeeding in one and having a, a number in your head that could pay both your bills and live good? Or what, what was well, your goals? Yeah, all honesty, you know, obviously we're going on 20 years, so we're taking a slow road. But when we opened up originally from get-go, we, we, we built Finn specifically to be franchisable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, you know, we had the experience. So from day one, you know, we're setting up systems and standardized recipes and protocols, you know, so... You're a big systems guy, and I know you're also pretty... Yeah, we both are. It's just, just a lot of experiences over these years that, you know, school taught us a lot of that, you know? Dealing with the crazy volume that we dealt with. I mean, the Redhead's volume. People today would die to do that volume. Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of places that, did that, kind of, that yeah. do that kind of volume still to this day. And, uh, so we're, 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 we're jumping ahead, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with it. So we talk about franchising, you know? Do you guys look to franchise because you have, in my eyes, and I've tried to talk you guys into it, a super successful business. And you talk about speed. I don't give compliment, compliments easy. You know, I'm, I'm a very direct guy. To be able to walk in your store, order with six guys I walk in on a random busy Thursday in the summer and have my food out in about five to seven minutes, fresh, tasting good, and 99% of the time almost perfect how I order it. And I also like to switch up the dish, which you guys bang me over the head for. That salad, Hawaii Five O with romaine. Yeah, it's delicious though. Listen, what do you mean banging over the head? <laughs> like, cause you pay more money? I'm not sure we're charging him enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, you want to be a chef and deviate from the program? You can open up your own restaurant. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. You walk behind the line, get a plate, and you know. It's 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 impressive to me how fast that you guys are able to push out food. And I think I told Sean this. I don't know if I told you. It was over the summer. You guys were super busy. You had probably 30 orders to go out there. And this Uber driver, he was an older guy, Uber Eats, he said, or DoorDash, point? Point. yeah, in point, 
He's like, I, he's talked to your manager, whoever was at the front desk. He said, I have to compliment you guys on how organized this is and how good you get the food out in a timely fashion. He goes, I really mean it. And uh, I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. I think it comes from all the experience we've had. Like, like I said, you know, we went to school for this. This is all we've done. We took a little bit of a break for sales, but that, you know, it, in the long run helped us as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what we do. And, yeah. to, you know, and what you said before, I mean, our, our partnership we know is unique, and we're so blessed to have each other and know what each one of us is going to do and each one's strengths and let the other do what they're doing without question, you know? That um, trust and loyalty. Yeah. And then, so to your point, when we decided to open Fins, we knew from day one we were going to concentrate on takeout. So we've always been 70% takeout. And... Jumping back to the franchising, do you guys have we're, that we're, in, in, we're, your, in your vision? We're more in the process, process now than we have been ever at this point because we're starting to get, the, you know, we're in the process now finalizing the paperwork for our FTDs and FTC, you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah, we're there, you know. Yeah, and so I'm sure 20, you guys. 2022, hopefully you can go our, in our direction. It's been yeah. a rough couple of years, but, you know, got to fight through it. Yeah, I, I think you guys would have a brand networks almost anywhere in the country um, especially if you can keep up with some type of consistency that you have here between three stores which again is is not easy to do I know you guys are jumping around all day long filling in where you have to especially over the last two years with COVID that's Talk about been the that. challenge but yeah. I, 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 I mean, it's, that's I'm, not the I'm, way we made it wanted it to be or made it to be but yeah it is what it is right uh, now I'm gonna disagree with that about consistency it, anybody that wants to have more than one location with the same concept it's easy to be consistent, and if you're not, then I it's say shame on you. It's blatantly obvious. Yeah. You know, you can't go to one location and say, oh, I like this, and go to the other location. Well, it takes a little Where bit. is the number that it changes, though? How I, many stores in? Because does, 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 does it change for McDonald's? Yeah. It doesn't change for McDonald's. I actually was thinking about that yeah. today. Does it change for Starbucks? Yeah. How, how about McDonald's having... The service changes. Having beef in another country fed different things, and it still tastes the same. Yeah. So there's, it, it works. Yeah. yeah that's so got to be, your, that's gotta be the goal. Yeah, that's, right? that's, that's got to be the standard you set. So what do you guys, how many stores do you want to launch? How many do you want to go for? All of them. What's all of them? Give me a number. All of them. A hundred? You, you know, you see. Hey, you know what? As much as God will bless us half, man. <laughs> that's a good answer. Amen. Yeah, that's yeah. a good answer. I feel, and I, and I think that you guys, again, will do exceptionally well with it. So. We go and we launch these three stores. You obviously, family, wife, kids. How do you juggle that aspect when you are as busy you are, especially over the last two years when you have limited staff due to all this craziness going on in the world? Uh, it's, I've, I've said this to people over and over and over again. It's much easier to run multiple locations as opposed to one. You know, you can juggle things around a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and I, I know a lot of people complain about any business, restaurant business, whatever. I really feel that we're pretty fortunate. We do have a lot of freedom and manipulation, and we can really. It's it's very unusual that we don't have the time that we need. You know, obviously, summertime. I've told you this all the time, right? Summertime for us is very fortunate. It's it, crazy it's, busy. It's lock and load. And it's, you know, at this over the last twenty years. The stores have needed our attention during the summer. They need our help. And we just had the mindset that we 
wouldn't ask anybody to be doing anything we wouldn't be doing with them. So, and you do have great staff. Yeah. So not only are you guys restaurant owners and chefs um, and CFOs, you guys also own a lot of your real estate with the stores as well. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Yep. And you guys also have gotten into some other real estate outside of that as well. Yep. What made you want to jump and, and do that? Just diversification or? Yeah, a little diversification. Yeah. Hopefully another asset. That's the same thing that set us on a path from going from, you know, working for somebody else to having our own sales route, which basically is working for ourselves, you know, and then, and then opening up our own businesses and just realizing that you need to continue to just grow your wealth. M moving on, you know, the, the lazy person gets lost, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, to get constantly uncomfortable and just keep moving, keep growing. Yeah. But jumping back into Finn's, so your menu is, is pretty large. Um, it is a little large, isn't it? You guys have, have put together a lot of really good specialty items. I know, you know, some of them are really popular. What is your most popular item on the menu? That's I know a, you love this. That's bag. a corporate secret. Well, it's two items in particular. I could take a guess. Yeah. Good. Let's let's hear what you guys say. The Natty Dread and Hawaii Five O. No. Oh, you're you're right on one. It is a Hawaii Five O. We sell a lot of those. Yeah, it's delicious. Especially over, over some romaine yeah. and a little bit of Nashville hot sauce. Yeah, it's charging extra money for it. Yeah. Listen, it's a thirty dollar dish right there. Listen, you can charge. <laughs> and you, me and you know what? You're not making it at home, so listen, it's delicious. <laughs> Come get it. Or we'll bring it to you. Yeah, you'll deliver it right to my house. Yeah. What a smile on your face. Fins to go, right on the app store. <laughs> so how did you come up with that vast of a menu and how difficult is that to... So it's always your argument, right? Pat and I have this argument. It's, it looks like, to you, it looks, it looks like a big, big menu. And we do have, you know, what do we have, six categories, seven categories? With, you know, five or six items in each category, except for what we call our fins of teasers, the appetizer side menu. Right. Which is big. So one of the things that we taught our customers, and we've always known this, you got to use your ingredients at least three times. So if you look at our menu, there's a lot of the same things with different wording throughout the menu and, you know, different spin on seasoning and stuff like that. So when I, I, my argument to Pat always is when we used to go to our customers, let's, let's use, we could use anybody. Let's, we'll use the old boathouse, right? The old boathouse in Belmar. You know, big pub menu, big tavern menu. There wasn't a lot of cross utilization on there and their inventories were huge. You know, if Pat, our inventories are, small enough i think our paper inventory is as big as our food inventory <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> yeah, seriously and that costs more money so and what do you mean by that your paper because your paper goods, our paper your our paper good items is almost equals the side of our our food inventory items yeah yeah that's crazy so you know that's a whole different topic yeah. you know our, our commitment to yeah talk about know. that commitment to being green and yeah, so biodegradable yeah, products and yeah we uh pretty much within a year of us opening it was kind of an eye-opener one night that I came home and it was just me. I was no kids at the time. Well, I, I, Jake was just born, right? So he's not even a year old. And uh, at that time, we were using a lot of styrofoam, not by choice, but we were using a lot of styrofoam boxes. And just for me and my wife, Donna, we filled the whole garbage can with food that I brought home from our own restaurant, yeah. like the, the boxes. So unfortunately for COVID, 
and we were just talking about this the other day, you know, we always enjoyed going to the trade shows because, again, another learning experience and seeing new ideas. We haven't been able to do that the last couple of years, but we would go to a lot of these food trade shows, food service trade shows, and we made it a goal of ours to start looking for things that were either reusable, you know, or biodegradable. And most and of your I, to-go I'll stuff use, is, yeah, and Yeah, and plates. I'll give you a great example. The cups that Giant Stadium started using about 10 years ago were the cups that we were already using for over five years. Yeah, and that's got to be more expensive 100 for your bottom line. Much yeah. more expensive. Yeah. But, you know, and, it's just And before Green went popular, you were doing that already. Yeah, it's just yeah. more 19 responsible. years ago. Yeah. You know, it just, it, it, it just goes in with the surf community, right? So you want to be friendly to the beach, and you don't want to create a footprint, and you just want to... You know, put your food in the best possible container you can that doesn't create damage. Yeah, and it's it's a sturdy to-go container. It's not yeah, they've evolved. They've, yeah, they, they, they weren't always great. And uh, a lot of times, some of the packaging, a lot of it's come back over the last few years before COVID started to come back onto U.S. shores, but majority of it comes from China still. And the, the, the quality and inconsistencies from a lot of that packaging is still pretty rough. Yeah. Well, we could blame China all day long. It's a whole other topic. But it's even before this craziness that goes on today. So, yeah, but that we're, and we're always looking for, you know, it's really no secret. Industry-wide, normal, normal times, per, people's paper and plastic, we'll call that category the paper and plastic, is about 2 to 2.5%. Two We've consistently always spent like 5% on that. Like, that's our... Our budget goal is 5%, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, so we're, we've always spent pretty much double with yeah. the average person in our type of, uh, you know, service type restaurant. So expense. that kind of leads me to the next thing. You talked to briefly about you guys understanding your lane. And I think with partnerships, it's very difficult because a lot of times you're kind of peeking over at their desk and saying, hey, maybe you could do this. And they're peeking over at your desk. You know, what are the roles that you take on, Sean, and then Pat, you talk about your role as well. Are you more of the CFO and doing the budgeting and doing the, the numbers? Is it a cross between the two? No, it's, it's, it's clearly divided, right? Sean does all of the things that you just talked about, and, and I'm always looking for the best foot forward as far as cuisine goes. Mm-hmm. You know, what's new, what's popular what's trending, what can we make trend, you know, things of that nature. Yeah, and those Nashville chickens are trending, Uh, and they uh, are delicious. You know, seems you had some other people locally follow you after you guys launched them, and I I still think... Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) You know what it is? It's, It's very simple. If the national chains are doing it and they're advertising it... It's hot. Ride some cold tails, right? Yeah. So they're already advertising it. And you could do it just as good, if not better. Why not? Yeah. Because right? people want, obviously people want it. They're, they're delicious. And I usually don't like hot stuff, but that day I came you in. You think that's hot? I don't think it's that hot, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah no. It's, I think it's like it's, it's a balance, you know. It's, it's, it's sweet and hot, yeah. which is perfect. You should try our Lava Flow burrito. I will. I'll have to check it out. It's a little spicy. It's spicy? A little yeah. hot. It'll so, treat you right. Having a partnership that has been around this long, what would you say, besides staying in your lane, is one of the other key things to keeping it going and growing together? Because there's also personal things that come into the mix. You have 
you know, your marriages, you have your children, you have ups and downs and health and other things that are outside factors. Divorces. <laughs> the, well, divorces, right? <laughs> All types of things that yeah, play plural. into to business. You know, I guess we're a little old school in a lot of ways. I mean, we've been, we're friends. We're, we're not just friends, we're family. And yeah. it's been that way. I don't think it comes into play in yeah. a negative way ever. Yeah. You know, it's been that, yeah. No, it's like... It, because, just because, you know, if he and I have an argument, it lasts about 30 seconds, and then we move on to the next thing. And, you know, he's making fun of me for something else. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's... It's it's never, it's never in the way. It's never, it's never gotten in the way of growth. Mm -hmm. or, or has ever held us back in anything. Or each other. I mean, I, you know... I, I can speak for myself. There's never any jealousy on, on no, my part. No, gosh, no. You know, so I don't know that's the norm, you know? Yeah, we're I mean, just We are just incredibly fortunate to, you know, I, I couldn't do this without most him. Most partnerships yeah. fail, yeah. as you guys know. Yeah. So, it, again, a testament back to maybe some of your old school beliefs and just And it is. So when, I, I pushed him way back when to open this concept. <laughs> he did. He did I but I wouldn't have done it without him. Yeah. You know? I knew the only way for us to be successful is for us to do it together, mm -hmm. you know? So to put it in perspective, his son, Jake, is what, 19? Yeah. He was in a baby bucket on my kitchen counter when Sean and I started playing with all the food in my kitchen. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, this is what we're going to have. So let's just make these things, test them, and, you know, yeah, and, and see how they go. He was, like, this big. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a long term friendship, and again, it's really cool to see because I've had a partnership in the past, and you know, my ex partner in business is a great guy, he's a great man, great dad. Um, it's just very very difficult to to keep those things together. Well, I can you know one piece of advice that worked for us is that when we decided to do this together, it was us doing it together. It wasn't us doing it with our families at the time. You know, it wasn't you know Pat becoming a partner with my wife or me becoming a partner with his wife. We were going to be a partner together, yeah. mm -hmm. and we were going to make decisions together. You know, obviously, we have, you know, when you're home, you talk about different stuff. So maybe that might help others. But mm -hmm. that's I know that has really helped us. That that's been totally kept separate. You know, we bounce things off. You know, of course, we've always included family members when we think we have to. But that really that that to me was very important. I know to him it was very important too. And you know, one thing I like to touch on too, jump into our next topic is you guys are very involved in the community. Um, talk a little bit about some of the stuff that you do that's charitable, whether it be some of the booster clubs or always supporting local chambers, supporting the, the surf community heavily, which I know you guys do. Talk about a few of those things. Uh, so, again, when we opened Fins, you know, one of the things I was pretty, pretty much a stickler about, and I think it probably came from our Redheads experience, was that this is who we are, this is who we're going to be, and we're not going to deviate from that. And that's, I think, where a lot of other restaurants get to trouble because let's say you're a tavern and they try just to be everything for everybody. So we were going to, you know, just like when you came in on Sundays, we weren't putting football on the TVs. This is what we show you on, on our TVs, you know, it's surf and extreme sport videos, you know. So when it came down to, we believe strongly in giving back. You know, you don't do this without the people that you work with, and you certainly don't do it without your local communities. So as much as we can, we want to, whether it's supporting the local dine and donate for your school or the local sports teams, you know, those are the things that we, that we choose to try and help the local people as much as possible. If we can be a t-shirt sponsor for somebody's, you know, somebody's youth team, you know, if we can help out with the local fundraisers for the 5Ks, 
you know, for police departments and the first aid squads and the fire departments, schools. Just, and what is the surf or, event that you or, do in Belmar? Or, or back in the, sorry, or, or back in the beginning, you know, and we're going to do these again because they're becoming, you know, uh, they're becoming popular again. Is, is the um, the fundraisers where we go into people's houses, right? You go into somebody's house, you set up your little kitchen, you serve your food, and it's it supports the charity. Now you yep. would come in, or you'd be having no, your staff, no. or Sean and I always do all those things. We don't we it. I don't, have we ever done anything that it wasn't you and me? No. Have we ever sent anybody? No, we've brought people with us. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's Sean and I. So we're going to do my summer party this year, and you guys are going to... Summer might be a little difficult. You want to do like a, a spring or fall thing, or, you know? Summertime. Yeah, yeah, go we can do it tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> Backyard Oasis. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so so how, was, how do you guys keep your staff? so happy i mean your staff really seems to do a good job i'm hypercritical of things it's just how my mind works sometimes it's taken the wrong way but i'm always observing right i go into chris's restaurant or i go into charlie's or i go into bubba Coo's. you know i'm hypercritical of things that are going wrong i, I again i don't have many bad things to say about fins at yeah, all so that's another thing that uh Things that we learned outside of school, but in our experiences through work during school. And they teach you that stuff in school, too. You know, uh, training is huge. Like, I've always been a big believer in training. Um, to work for us, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of procedures and knowledge that you have to learn. We do a lot of testing. It, it's, it's constantly speaking with our uh, assistant managers and managers about their job every day. Is you know, number one, customer service, getting the customer's orders right. But they have your ears open and constantly be listening to your staff no, longer, no long, matter how long they've been working with us to make sure that we're all on the same page. So that's where the consistency part comes in. And, you know, again, way back when, I think Pat and I treat our, you know, we don't treat anybody in our staff. We're both kind of like, for us to do this is kind of hard. You know this is kind of hard for us. We don't yeah, like talking about ourselves. Yeah, I know you're busy. Right? No, yeah. we just don't like talking about ourselves. Yeah. yeah. You know, we don't do... I forced you to do this, for well, sure. Take some bourbon. Yeah. The successes right. that we've had in business, you're, you're, we don't like to... We're humble. We don't want to... I get very uncomfortable when people call me the owner or this person works for you. You know, nobody works for us. Yeah, everybody works, works with, with well, us. It works with us, you know? right? And well, you've had some people that were like started in high school. Yeah. You saw them through college years and even into them starting their family before they you know, many, launched many, off many, another career. general manager, yeah. right? Started with us in high school. Yep. You know, went through college, went and did an externship in Guam. Got married right? to one of our Got other employees. Married to an employee, <laughs> has a child now, and she's. Yeah, but see, I, I think family. I, I think that's cool in the local community, and to do a little bit of housekeeping here. This is about people who wanted to leave the rat race and launch a business, or they didn't love the traditional school route and they want to just you know not go to college and be a business owner. But it is about community, and mm -hmm. I'm trying to spotlight as many local business owners that I see as friends and I consider you guys friends and good guys you know Sean you're humble but a lot of times from afar I've known you for 10 12 years maybe longer now you have given me advice on things just in business or in general you guys really do care about the community and um, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on and wanted to spotlight I don't want to spotlight some showman who's got a fancy house and a fancy car and all those things and you know plays that game you guys truly care and as much as i try to push you to do franchising for five to seven years now 
it was about your family. It was about making sure your stores were taken care of and giving your staff help. And I think that's pretty cool and unique. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I think we both like what we do. Yeah. You know, we like being involved with people, you know. We like what we've carved out for ourselves. You know, we don't, we don't need that recognition. Mm-hmm. You know, we like the fact that a lot of the kids that have worked for us have gone on to success in other areas or have been with us. And it goes back a long time. We still, we still have people that we worked with at FUDS that are still our friends, mm-hmm. you know, and still reach out to us. And we have people that we work with that are redheads. And it's just... How many, how many people on staff do you have at, at full capacity? Again, I know there's been a yeah. staffing issue due to COVID. Well, things have changed a lot. So a couple of years ago, we would, we would have up to about 150 on staff. That's a yeah. lot of employees to manage. Yeah, but imagine now where our average staffing is between 90 and 100 now. So yeah. it's really come down a lot. That's significant. Yeah. What's and, that and fortunately, And fortunately, we're as busy or busier than we were then. You led me right into my next yeah. question. You're humble guys. You know, we don't need to spill out your personal business, but, you know, what type of volume amount of burritos or sandwiches or Hawaii 5-0s are you throwing out? And a, a ballpark revenue that that does for you guys. Well, volume is, uh, I mean, we will, we'll feed in each door, even, you know, this time in January, we'll feed several hundred people a day mm-hmm. in these tiny little footprints of stores that we have. Um, volume wise, you know, like I think we touched on it before, we're, we're in the upper seven, not upper seven figures, but, you know. You seven know, figures each store. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah. And that's inspiring for somebody that, hey, is coming out of culinary school and going, you know, I don't really want to go work for Olive Garden or a chain. Maybe they can, you know, cut their teeth there, but say, hey, I can come up with a concept that I believe in, in my community, right? You guys were surfers and into that whole world and you went and launched it to your point before, believed in it and kind of stuck with that. And you're having all this success today. That's, that's pretty impressive. You know, it's, it's a lot about figuring out what the what, what the customer wants and that is always evolving and keeping your finger on that pulse is very important you know I can go and do white tablecloth and and you know and I've worked in a, plenty of places that were like occasion places where you went there for you know anniversaries or birthdays and, mm-hmm. and that doesn't cut you know that doesn't cut it yeah. you want you want to create a concept or we wanted to create a concept that you're going to go there for lunch because you're on business with your you know, your business yeah. partner or your clients and then come back with your wife, mm-hmm. right? Because the food's good, yeah. it's affordable, and it's just as good as a white tablecloth, but it's Vince, right? Yeah, and, and it's, it's and, and, relaxing, and it's, it's easy. Yeah, it's, it's you know, 15 bucks ahead and, and a good time. Yeah, and our goal was always, you know, like Pat said, you know, we've talked about this a lot over our careers together, you know. Pat could go anywhere, right? He could be, he could be, in any any restaurant, high end five restaurant that does that type of you know high end white tablecloth, but they're cyclical and you know today you know and they, they very much depend on economies, right? Yeah. We actually do better when economies are bad. Yeah. Right. You're able to have more staff. Well, people are spending I, we'll money. That's a different story, but you know, like our, our goal, you know, it, it, it's it's the money. It's the money point. You know, yeah. it's like do- dollars per meal and. Yeah. and you know, we've always, even at FUDs, like we've always had that concept of. Come to us four like, or five times a month. You know, let, let's. Not four or five times a year. Let's give you close to white tablecloth food for a pub fee. You know, because you can. You know, because there's plenty of places out there that are serving food 
and they're charging a lot of money and they don't need to. You're looking to maximize the margin. It just doesn't need to be that way. It really doesn't. Like you can give high quality food and still be affordable. Yeah. And I, I believe that when you say it too. And again, I, I don't go to repeat places, but sadly to admit, probably over the last three, four months, I've gone into Finn's, you know, two times, sometimes, pay sometimes three times a week. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm always coming back happy. And I can get the same exact thing every time and be happy. And I can't do that. Listen, we, 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 can, we can serve freaking penne vodka with chicken, charge 25 bucks, just like everybody else. But why? Mm. Right? You know, why be like everybody else? We can give you something for $15 that nobody else has. It tastes different. It feels different. And it's 15 bucks. Right? So you know, in our, in our lane, the last 20 years, a lot, of people, a lot of people have concepts that are similar to ours, right? Mm -hmm. But they're, they, don't have the, they don't have the variety of food concept that we have. Mm -hmm. you know, they're not using the ingredients that we use. Mm -hmm. you know? a lot of the, even though they might be in the same lane as us, their food doesn't travel home as well as our food travels. You know, we, we've put a lot of attention into that. Yeah, I was going to ask you that, too. Here we go. I, I, is, the, is, is the delivery and the technology that has evolved, right? It was for years answering the phone, you're writing down orders, and, and I'm thankful that you could still do that because I'm really not an app guy. I don't love that. Yeah. I like to be able to call up, and if I'm changing the order because I do like to change stuff, I want to be able to describe that on the phone versus over an app where there's going to be lost communication. Right. When did you guys, because I, I recall years back, you were a little reluctant to, to utilize the platforms like that. Yeah, what changed? Yeah, it was very, well, it's very important to me and Pat that, uh, we, we, like you said, we want, that, we want our, that touch with the customer. We want to be able to give them that, because, you know, people have a lot of options, right? You can go spend your money anywhere, right? There's a lot of places competing for your stomach space. So what's going to make us, us better and what's going to bring you back? Yeah, so you I was, you're right, I was... Um, you know, it was more me that I wanted people still answering the phones, and I still want people answering the phones because I want them to be answering questions like you said. Uh, you know, I, I mean, the obvious answer is the labor market has changed. Mm -hmm. So we've had to embrace a lot of these technologies, you know, oh, and it, that's, that's... Has it made it better? It's one of the reasons why we've gone from 150 to averaging 90 employees. You know, now, it's kind of a sad statement to say that. But yeah. has it made your, your business and your bottom line better? You know, I think if you don't do it, you're lost. Mm -hmm. Especially for us with our segment of business. Like, pe people are lazy. They want to sit on their couch in their pajamas. This is nothing new. Mm -hmm. This is something that all the restaurant magazines have been advertising for at least eight years. Mm -hmm. Like, your tomahawk chop's awesome. Fantastic. I want to sit with my girlfriend, boyfriend on the couch and eat it. At the fire pit. Yeah, at the fire pit. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and be home. I'm going to do that two more times than I will come to you. Football season, your so, wings. So figure it out, right? Yeah. So people, people, a lot of restaurants didn't embrace that, the, the whole takeout. That's why a lot and, of restaurants and, didn't survive the first yeah. year of COVID. Mm -hmm. It's been a trend for eight years. Now, how, how do you guys do that with the same type of kitchen, size kitchen and footprint, as you said, a smaller footprint? Now, all of a sudden, your takeout increases even more than it was because of technology it, and COVID. It wasn't a problem because we did it anyway. Yeah. Mm. So we, we designed it or, you know, from day Sean one. had the vision to say that, you know what? We've got 1,100 square feet here in Bradley Beach and there's two of us 
and it's 2003 and there's Chinese or pizza. Let's deliver. Yeah. Right. So and, and, and focus on takeout. Focus. Yeah. Take takeout's always been the moment. You know, we like to be. Our atmosphere is important. Obviously, like we want you to come in, have a good experience. We want it to be a little quirky, a little off. You know. Yeah. I. It, you know, one of my big things in the beginning, I never wanted matching chairs in the dining room. I just wanted an assortment of crickety old chairs. M Mel's diner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just because when you travel, that's what you're sitting on, right? Oh, your fire pit's finally getting hot. So, yeah, uh, no, finally. Yeah. It's got wet wood here. That, that was, and, and then, you know, with Pat, I, you know, the way that he particularly, you know, with designed the menu, our, our menu is built for takeout. It really is. It, it travels well. Yeah, again, I was saying it before, you know, uh, during football season, I order your variety of wings. Um, you know, again, Hawaii Five O. Over the summertime, I have 15 people back here. I don't feel like grilling getting it delivered over it always shows up you know packaged properly and that pacing. goes back to your reason saying our menu is big right it, because we have that right that was also a big focus of it's always been a focus of ours having that big appetizer side of the menu mm. because yep. i mean i'm that person that want when i go out i don't want to order an entree mm. i want to order two or three four appetizers yep. i want to try a little bit of everything yep, yep. so 100 percent fins in the future you guys are obviously looking to franchise how long do you want to do this? Where do you want to take this? I know you're saying, you know, whatever, you know, the big guy upstairs blesses you with, you know, give me an ideal, you know, store count. And then you guys maybe hand it off to the next person that succeeds you or you get bought out. What does that look like for you? Because again, you're not getting any younger, I right? Mean, you have family. Who's, who's got a crystal ball? Who can tell? Yeah, it's, it's, who knows? Would it be great to have 500 stores, 1,000 stores, mm -hmm. well, 2,000 stores? 500 stores. Yeah. Would, yeah. you, would you take it to that big if you could? If, if it all could, absolutely, exploded? And, absolutely could. But, you know, you look at somebody like Jersey Mike's. Yeah. Jersey you Mike's live around the reach. corner from the man, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. He's right over there. Yeah. He's, he better get on fireside soon. Peter, yeah. I'm coming for you. Peter. Yeah. is a good dude. They didn't reach 500 stores till 2012. Peter, you listening? Look where, look where they you want, came. You, you, you want a restaurant like Finn's? Come on, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we'll help you out. <laughs> yeah. You know me. I sold you for 15 years. <laughs> I don't think he lives there anymore. I think he's living in Florida. <laughs> good for him. He's in the warm weather. Yeah. So a thing I like to do towards the end of this is talk about a couple different things. So if a, a young person's looking to leave the rat race and they want to get into a restaurant business or any business in general, what's one thing that you guys would tell them when they're embarking on that journey? You got to have a plan and you got to, you got to have that plan and uh, you, you got to believe in that plan and people are going to try and pull you in different directions and say, take, you got to focus on who you want to be and, and be true to who you want to be. Mm -hmm. Chase a vision. What about you, Pat? Your nine to five is never going to cut it. You're going to be right where you are now and then later on in life. It's so it's, true. It's the side hustle. You know, people want to sit there and complain about where they are and they don't make enough money and, you know, I'm not paid enough. Can't but travel, th can't do this. But, but they've never seen the other side of it. Mm -hmm. They've never seen the struggle of you know, making payroll, paying the payroll taxes, you know, filling in who isn't showing up. Like well, that, that, that whole side hustle is, is, is going to cut your teeth. So if you want to do more than your, you know, than the next person, you got to actually physically put in the work. Yeah, get after like, it. Look at yeah. other successful people. Uh, you're not going to tell me anybody that's reached any sort of success that works nine to five. Yeah, you, you want more, you got to do more. Yep. It's like your nine to five's fine to pay your bills mm -hmm. but if you want something else than that then you've got to figure it out 
you've yeah. got to work harder. And, and, Taking you know, night classes to get that extra education, you right. know, working that second job, get, getting more experience and being able to pay your bills. It's just, you know, it's we, so obviously we come from a different generation and we had great examples of, you know, parents and family growing up that came from nothing, absolutely nothing. And, and made nice lives for themselves and yep. set that example for us to strive to do, you know, to do what we had to do to be comfortable. Yeah, that work ethic was ingrained. It's not all it. about the money. It actually isn't all about the money. I, I like working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a fall. I like no, to work. It's a challenge for yeah? you. You're a smart guy. You're <laughs> well-read. But, no, you know, you got things like Uber, the gig economy, you know, it's, yeah. it's like there's options. Mm. Like, just go and do it. Yeah, take, I, an, take steps. Right. I don't want to sound politically incorrect, but I'm going to. In today's day and age, it's a choice to be poor. Yeah, there's I too agree. many opportunities to go out and Just do better for yourself. Ask. Like we are in a situation, and we've always been in this situation. We've always felt this way. Like we need people to rise up. We need people to rise up and rise above. And just ask us mm -hmm. if you're working for us. What can I do to get to the next level? Mm -hmm. and, rem and, and remember, the person you're working for at this moment, it's not their responsibility to make you, them make you worth more money. It's your responsibility to go out and make yourself more, worth more money. Yeah, pick yeah. your brain. Yeah, and, and I think the big, one of the biggest things that we've instilled on a lot of our, or all of our employees that, you know, at the end of the day, Sean and Pat, don't pay your salary. Mm -hmm. That person that comes to the door, that guy that owes, orders a Hawaii 5 with all the modifications, mm -hmm. he's the guy that actually pays your salary. Mm -hmm. Like, if Sean and Pat had to draw money out of their bank accounts to make your paycheck not bounce we're not going to do it mm -hmm. right that's the customer and yeah, that's and the person you should be beholden to yeah I, I i couldn't agree more i think customer service has fell off significantly it's during covid and, and it's like everybody and, and i hear he'll be nice to the wait staff and, and again i do have empathy towards the business owners the restaurant owners in particular yes, but absolutely. it would be like in my world like hey you know ryan you know I, you told me you're going to help me with this strategy of moving this money over and I wasn't going to get taxed. And now all of a sudden I have $150,000 tax. Oh, sorry. It's COVID. You know, I've been tired. It's not going to fly. No, it doesn't fly. No. So for me, it's a little frustrating that I'm supposed to just, you know, go out and spend three fifty at a, at a local restaurant Comes back to training and get bad service. Yeah. Something right. we didn't touch on earlier that I should have. Cause we, so you, when we first got started, you know, and when you're talking about telling people, you know, give them advice, you know, you got to invest in yourself and you got to invest in things that, we're gonna make it's something as simple as back. We, you know, we weren't making any money in a restaurant yet. We actually didn't take a paycheck out of the first restaurant by mistake. By the way, this is a mistake. Don't do it. We didn't take a paycheck yeah, you're for the first taxes. year. Because <laughs> if you're successful, you're gonna pay taxes. Yeah, mm -hmm. but we saw a customer service video at our sales job, and it's called "Give Them the Pickle." There you go. Greatest customer service video anybody could ever have. It was a VCR tape. It was a thousand dollars. We bought it, and to, from that day, every person that works for us watches that video. And how old Everybody. is that video? Well, it's a, it's a little bit... I mean, it's we saw it back in 2002. Yeah, it's probably 90s. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's all about the customer service. And what Pat said, understanding that the customer is the one that makes it all happen and pays your bills. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, you can sit there and be, you know, snooty face all you want, you know, and be in your own head. But you know what? It's always showtime at the edge of the stage. Mm -hmm. and, and ironic. And, and, that's, and, and, that's, and that's what pays, pays your yeah. check. Mm -hmm. To tell it's you a better us. story on that, several years later, one of our employees that's still great friends with us, and she worked for us uh, at, in her beginning of her college. So she was young. She was not even 20 when she started working, but she went to school and became a nurse. Kimbo. <laughs> one of the first videos at Hackensack Meridian that she saw, getting the pickle. Really? Yeah. <laughs>
That's funny. Yeah, and those are the things that are going to help you guys franchise this business. You know, all those systems, all that experience to have that consistency. So another thing I like to do is give other local businesses a shout out. Sean, Pat, give me one restaurant or any business that you love. Maybe they're good friends. You love how they run and operate their business. You say some of these business owners' tenacity and staying in the yeah. business. Give me somebody locally. Patrick's Pub. Patrick's Pub. Yeah, where are they located? Neptune City. It was the old Fuzz Pub. Ironic. It's the old Fuzz Pub. And they're still, yeah. still running. The, you know, the, it just seems they're good people. Mm -hmm. You know, the, and... and Oh yeah, it is. And and, and, um, and it's that family atmosphere, right? You come in, they take care of you, and and, and they care. The Actually, food's good, and 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 they're considerate, and and they're on top of their game. I have to get over there now. One of the other guys that was on Thrive, his physical therapist, Shannon. Um, she's either engaged. I'm sorry, Shannon, or, or dating Pat. Um, and she speaks so it's, highly it's, of it. It's Pat's girlfriend yeah that's yeah. girlfriend so I, I had to get over there sean what's somebody so if we're talking restaurants i gotta give big shout out and compliment to mr shrimp the owner over there he was he, he i introduced him to a good mentor of mine at the time who took him under his wing and has since passed away and uh vinnie has taken his business and expanded it when he was down and out and he's got a lot to be proud of he's a single operator and he's created a really, really nice business. Yeah, yep. to get over to Mr. Shrimp. Well, guys, I, I know you're busy people. Um, you have families, and you have three restaurants that are very busy. I, I truly appreciate your time. This is really starting to blow up, and you would be amazed if I showed you all the messages from young people that want to become business owners, restaurant owners, in finance, that are reaching out to Evan and I and other people around us saying, thank you, or this show is awesome. It's surprised me. It, is, it has humbled me, and I, I'm humbled to have guys like you who have been successful in the it's community. It's amazing, right? Yeah, I, well, I really appreciate honestly, it. Honestly, thanks for having us. Yeah, we appreciate yeah. it. It's definitely out of our comfort zone. Yeah, I, I know it is, yeah. and especially for you. You, you, you hate the social media world, and you're not really about it, but you guys will inspire somebody else that are just like you, two friends that are surfing, that are like, hey, I don't want to go you know, sit at a cubicle all day. Let's launch right. a bar or Let's a restaurant. Let's do something, man. Yeah. Right? So thank you. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks Cheers. again for coming on. Healthy New Year. Healthy New Year. Success. That was good.